regardless of the company, if it's Humana, Anthem, United Healthcare, anything, Kelly Patrick can be your health insurance agent. How cool would that be? Give me a call, 502-386-0978. Gary, the bread and butter for the show here and the the local sports market is college basketball. Mm -hmm. If we're doing a timeline, would you like this for Louisville? We'd say Denny Crum. Louisville fans love Denny Crum. Toward the end, it dwindled off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Recruiting dropped off. Rick Pitino came in. Even the fan base was a little divided at the beginning and even pretty far into his tenure. Yeah. But at one point, he had a lot of the support of the Louisville fans, even some of the fans who originally did not like him. But he got to where he had a lot of support. That then dwindled off, okay? Mm-hmm. We had a, a one-year period due to the uh, trouble with the NCAA and, and other regulating um, issues. Louisville got into some trouble. David Padgett was the coach for a year. Louisville fans love him. But then Chris Mack came in. And up until today, I'm going to announce it, up until today we've been at a little bit of a honeymoon phase Mm -hmm. where Chris Mack's great, greatest thing since sliced bread. Everybody loves him. Cards are winning. Everything looks rosy for Cards fans. Today, I believe that a line in the sand has been drawn, and a lot of Louisville fans are not so pro Chris Mack anymore. Would you agree with that? I would say. Am I overreacting? I, no, I mean, yeah, a little bit, because I would say the upset bunch is always the loudest. Okay. So, some of the stuff I seen on Twitter yesterday was comical to me. I mean, I think he's thirty four or thirty six and seventeen since he got hired last year, but. Now they're starting to wonder if he can win a big game because he's lost back-to-back big games. He's got three or four games coming up where nobody's going to pay attention. And then the you see where the uh, where they said the booster came out. Tim Sullivan wrote an article saying a booster, a prominent booster, came out and said that uh, Kenny Payne wasn't giving a serious look. So that's got a, quite a few U of L fans up in arms. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's overreaction. Everybody overreacts after losses. What do you think? I just, I I feel the honeymoon phase has been a description I would use for Chris Mack for some reason, man, just up until now. Mm -hmm. Losing to Kentucky, even you could write it off. Mm -hmm. It was at Rupp. It went into overtime. Vegas had him losing, okay? Mm -hmm. Louisville at least brought the game to overtime. But this game yesterday at the Yum Center against Hamilton and FSU, it, for some reason it doesn't sit well with with me. And in my opinion, a lot of Louisville fans agree. McMahon only played 14 minutes yesterday. It shouldn't have played 14. It looks to me like Chris Mack is listening and reading Twitter. Okay. And websites and fan blogs about who he should and who he shouldn't start. Huh. Only because the day after the UK game or the week after, he decides to change everything up. He decides to give David Johnson quite a bit of playing time. Um, David Johnson played 19 minutes yeah. yesterday. Four points, six rebounds, three assists. 
Two for nine from the field. Overall, not a bad stat line. Wara, who a lot of people, myself included, have given a lot of crap to lately after that horrible no-show performance in Rupp. Wara stepped up yesterday in 38 minutes of play. He had 32 points, Mm -hmm. 10 rebounds. He was 11 of 15 from the field, 5 of 6 from three-point land. So Wara had a big game yesterday. I would argue, watching the game, when when Wara is on, it's not like the best ball movement type stuff. Does that make sense? He had zero assists. Yeah. That's not surprising. No. I hadn't looked at the stat line until just now. Not at all. But that's a lot of isolation ball. And that's not what leads to good shooting as a team, in my opinion. I don't think Wara is the best for ball movement and no. facilitating a good offense. He, he'll, he'll have a big stat line game on occasion, but that's not always conducive to winning. Yeah. You know, and Jordan Orr, he disappeared on his team against Kentucky. He did. And yesterday his team disappeared on him. The guards were 8 out of 32 from the field. That's 25%. That's, you're not going to win very many games like that. Kimball played 30 minutes. 3 of 11. Yeah. What's the solution, Gary? They have no – well, they don't have a true point guard. Uh, Kimball, they put him in there yesterday. Three assists, two rebounds, six points. Um, Darius Perry, two out of seven, six points. No assist. So, they, they're, they're like you said, their ball movement is non-existent. And uh, I personally, I don't think they use Stephen Enoch. Three out of six from the field. Sure. I mean, come on now. You you have to have some kind of inside game. Especially when it's available. Absolutely. Against Kentucky. Are you kidding me? Enoch was the... 18 points. Was the, the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. Certainly the best offensive weapon. Yep. And to go away from him like that is is not a good sign. And you, you remember got... against Kentucky, Louisville had their best run when Wara was on the bench. Yep. They're moving the ball. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love most about basketball, and I go through phases where I get more into MMA or, you know, I'm a boxing fan, but nothing gets me excited in sports like watching a play, if it's in the NBA or high school or anything, where a team really moves the ball well, pass up a bad shot to swing it around the perimeter, maybe get a better shot, and somebody then hits it. It doesn't even have to be fancy, Gary. Yeah. doesn't have to be Jason Williams-type fanciness. Yeah. I just like ball movement. I love basketball. I like ball movement. Yeah, and, you and that know, wasn't on display yesterday for Louisville. And like like Chris Mack said after after the game, Louisville's guards got manhandled. In which you know it's not surprising to me because they're not real big guys. And I mean, you got MJ Walker, twenty three points, five out of seven from the field, and and they just I mean, uh, Forrest nine out of 11, 20 points. They just got whatever they wanted. So. I don't know. I mean, I, I still think Louisville shoots way too many threes. Eight out of 19 from the three-point line. Okay. And uh, they shot a little bit better from free throws, nine out of 14. They won the rebound and, you know, won the rebound. And they just – they got to have better ball movement. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Brian, the insider, is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, 
good show so far. Love hearing it. I agree with what Gary had to say there. Let me let me start off by congratulating uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. A very uh, nice win yesterday. I tell you what's what's really starting to shape up nice about this Kentucky team is the play of Nick Richards. Uh, he had a big game against Louisville. He followed that up with a very impressive uh, performance and playing to his potential. And uh, it really looks good inside. And and the big news too for Kentucky is I think I think Quigley is starting to establish himself as a, a very very solid uh, shooting guard. I mean th- that guy can shoot. I mean it's just not his foul shots. I mean he's clearly the best shooter on the team and maybe one of the best shooters in the country. Uh, and his foul shooting continues to impress. And uh, his overall shooting, he's just a knockdown shooter, and he's got great size. He looks to be right in that mold of another Kentucky guard that's going to make it very nice in the NBA and make a ton of money. So the Cats are playing good. Wasn't the best Missouri team in the world, but uh, Cats handled their business and a nice, solid win. So uh, congrats to the Cats. Of of the three teams in the viewing area there, the the Hoosiers, the Cats, and the Cards, uh, the Cats are clearly trending the best and, and doing a typical cow uh, situation where they're they're going to get better and better as the year goes on. The other two programs, unfortunately, not the same uh, success, and and I call them fool's gold. Let's start with the cards. I'm going to call the the cards fool's gold because they are heading in the wrong direction. And I got to tell you guys, you know, every year you hear about Kentucky fans getting some Kentucky fans turning on cow and saying cow. Man, are the are, are the are the boo birds out on Mac? Uh, you know, I'm on a couple premium sites, and man, oh man, people are really turning on him. The best the best tweet I saw yesterday was that a guy he was I think he was kidding said uh, we sh- we should never let Paget go. That was the one that got me a kick out of that. I, of course, I I've been guilty of saying you know Denny's still alive. Let's bring him back, but uh, he's barely alive. But uh, uh, so. Uh, I tell you what, Mac. My problem with Mac and the rotation is, hey guys, you could go down to the y, the local YMCA in any town, and, and realize that if you had bigger guards, guards have the ball. If you got bigger guards, you got a six-two guard at the Y, and he's being guarded by a five-eight guy. He's going to take that guy wherever he wants. Like Gary said, he's going. They're going to get to dictate what they want to do, and they're, they're going to get in the paint and shoot over him. I don't understand why Mac can't see that. I mean, he loves fresh Kimball. I don't. I mean, you know, he he's not big enough. He's not fast enough. That's why he came from a mid-major. That's why he's not in the NBA after four years in college. And, and his infatuation with Ryan McMahon. I mean, Ryan McMahon didn't start yesterday, but he still got way too many minutes. He's still 14, 15 minutes. Guys, the guy, I, I tell you what, as a Cardinal fan, what I'm concerned about, Mac had a solid recruiting class. I mean, no question that coming off the problems Louisville had the prior year, they didn't get any recruits. Mac got some very solid recruits. Hey, let me, I hope Mac's listening this morning. Coach, they want to play. This new generation of guys, they're not interested in being developed, especially when they see fifth year transfers and five year fifth-year seniors like Ryan McMahon playing in front of them. We had a one-and-done. I went to the Miami-Louisville uh, opening game down in Miami. If you remember, I called in the next morning afterwards, and they looked great. And the most exciting thing about that game was Sam Williamson. All year long we'd heard about 
you know, we finally got a five-star. We finally got a McDonald's All-American. And, and, and the rumors were, hey, we might finally even actually have a one-and-done. You know, this guy may go one-and-done. And, and, and so there was apprehension. Yeah, he's great, but we're only going to have him for a year. So, you know, we started going through that whole and – he, and he came out in that first game. He looked great. Where has he been? He played eight minutes yesterday. He's been lost on – I'm telling you, Mac, wake up, buddy, because these guys aren't going to – I'm going to be – and I said it, I think, last week. I'm going to go on record again saying it. Unless Mac considerably changes his lineup and his minutes, regardless of the wins losses, there's going to be some transfers out of here. Uh, Dennis uh, – David Johnson played 19 minutes. He did play better and, and – and, you know, people were critical of him. Hey, I'm okay losing with your with your with your new class coming in. I'm not okay squeaking by or losing when you've got Wara, uh, you know, who's gone, and you know he played much better. But when he's shooting and he's doing his thing, which he did yesterday, everyone else is standing around. Uh, you know, so um, but I'm not okay with losing when you've got Fresh and McMahon playing the majority of the time at the point guard Perry's playing better he's obviously not a great player but he he gives you a better size he's he's much better than the other two but uh I tell you Mac better wake up he he alluded to it in in his post game remarks yesterday saying that he's got to have to play his freshman more but uh I mean I don't know what he's waiting for guys this is January it's been obvious for most people that they're not going anywhere with this current lineup. I don't think they're going anywhere really too far uh, with another lineup, but at least you can get these guys. First of all, you can keep them in the program, which I think is a real threat. In today's day and age, these guys, Sam Williamson didn't come to sit behind Fresh, Fresh and, and, and Ryan McMahon or, or any of these other guys that are not getting the job done. So play your five-star, play your top recruits, David Johnson was a, a high four star. He was he was desired by a lot of programs, and uh, and you need to start him, you know. And so, anyhow, I don't know. I feel kind of like I'm beating a dead horse because when I look at Mac, I don't know if Mac's taking the same medicine Wara took before the Kentucky game, but he's starting to give me the glazed over, you know. Uh, uh, I don't know if too much flu, cold flu medicine or what, but he's starting to look a little hearing the headlights on the sideline himself. I don't know. Maybe he got into war with Xanaxes. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, guys. But uh, he better wake up because uh, the fan base is turning on him a little bit. Let's talk about the Hoosiers, guys. I think that's more fool's gold. I think the Hoosiers, uh, I watched that game yesterday. You know, they weren't very competitive in that. I know it was on the road at a, at a good Maryland team. But uh, I don't see them going anywhere. I don't know how long at least. You know, it, it, fortunately for these guys, college basketball is not like college football where we saw, golly, look, I mean, I think Arkansas and Mississippi State's football coaches got two years and then they were canned. Uh, golly, uh, if, if the, the, the kitchens for the, for the uh, Cleveland Browns, he got one year and he was canned. Archie and, and Mac are, should be glad that it's not quite that bad. Uh, so you'll get past year two or three, but uh, – Man, oh man, you got You got Archie's going to have to do a lot better. I don't see. I think we're at the high water mark in the rankings for for uh, for both the Hoosiers and the Cards. And I look for the Cards to really drop down dramatically. And uh, 
really have some problems. Now, they've got a favorable lineup uh, uh, schedule coming up where they may get some wins, but uh, that was a very bad home loss. Florida State's good. Don't get me wrong. I think uh, what Hamilton's done there, he's a, he's put together a nice team, but uh, and they may make a run, but at home to get manhandled, and Gary used the right word, and Mac Mac was able to find the right word. But my God, after watching that, I mean, uh, I mean, at least he could be objective. But it would be nice if he went down with his with his players. I mean, uh, you know, they they've got guys. Josh Nickelberry. I mean, he's six four. You know, he was like second all time in North Carolina uh, scoring, uh, and, and was was a nice recruit coming in. And he gives you size. Is he ready to play? Big minutes, he better be because he's going to have to be next year. So uh, he got one minute. The Irish Hulk, I mean, the, the Louisville fan base went crazy when we got the Irish Hulk on board. Uh, you know, a nice top 50 center. My God, he hasn't – I haven't seen him in weeks. I, I don't know if he – he may have went back to Dublin. I'm not sure he's even yeah, – I'm not even sure if he's on the bench yet. He may have already transferred. I don't know. Hey, uh, the Titans guys – if you've watched any of the football last night, I love the Titans. And, and you know, a lot of people think that, uh, that that's great for Baltimore. They don't have to face the Ravens. I'm sorry, don't have to face the Patriots. The Patriots were a fading team. I think they lost four out of their last six games. Uh, and you're, you're facing a Titans team that won seven of their last nine games. And you know what the Titans do that, the, that also the Ravens do is they run the ball. And, I mean, Derrick Henry, you talk about beast mode, ran for 182 yards. I can't wait to watch that game next week. You're going to have good old-fashioned smash-mouth football where you run the ball. That's what the Ravens have done. They've been able to run the ball at an unprecedented uh, amount, and uh, they're going to run into a hot Titans team. I don't think the Titans are going to beat them, but they might, and I think it's a much more formidable matchup for – than, than playing the Patriots, who are, I mean, they're, 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 they're fading. And I think we may have definitely seen the end of Tom Brady, maybe for good, uh, but definitely as a Patriot. I think Tom Brady's out of there. And uh, he had a 59 passer rating last night, guys. No touchdowns in one pick, 59 passer rating. Uh, and he can't run. And one thing Lamar's done, and, and, you know, you saw that, man, what a great game that the first NFL game was. And uh, and the Bills quarterback, um, uh, forgetting his name now, he could run the ball. The new quarterback in the NFL has got to be able to run the ball, get you some yards running and uh, and passing. Brady gives you none of that. I think he's he's done. Hey guys, Dickie V stocks. I tell you what, I put on my head my AirPods. The Louisville game not only was Louisville look horrible, but I put on my AirPods, muted it. Dickie V. Sucks as an announcer. He does commercials on his, you know, his V Foundation. He talks about he talked about Vincenzo's right. The big part of the game, big uh, a ball went out of bounds. Nobody knew where it went. He's talking about his meal at Vincenzo's last night. But if that wasn't bad enough, how about his All Decade team? Everybody accuses him of being a you know a tobacco road baby. You know, he had on his All Decade team. He, he fortunately put Anthony Davis on the team, the five-member team, but he had Zion Williamson as the de- player of the year over Anthony Davis. Decade. Are you kidding me? Of the decade. Decade. Oh, I'm sorry, decade. I apologize. Yep. Decade, yeah. 
last 10 years. He put Zion Williamson, the fat man from Duke, who, who can't, hadn't even played a game in the NBA because he's too fat. And he, they didn't win squat with Zion. Anthony Davis was the, was the best player, in my opinion, uh, to come into the game in not just the last 10 years, maybe, maybe go all the way back to Lou Alcindor. Wow. But, I mean, that what a travesty to see him take uh, Zion, fat boy Williamson, over Anthony Davis, who dominated the game, and, remember this, guys, won a title. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Dickie V, Dickie V is pathetic, and ESPN ought to be ashamed of their uh, – I mean, when, when I find out he's doing a game I'm going to watch – I immediately go to the AirPods, and I, yesterday it was – sometimes it's the Grateful Dead guys. Yesterday it was the Beatles. I don't know. I may do some Bob Marley next time I see his bald head come on, but he sucks. Hey, guys, that's all I got. Uh, I'll close it with this. Chris Mack better wake up, baby, because all the fanfare that he got coming in, he, you know, he's going to watch the crowd tumble. He needs to – Quit hanging out and get out of Jordan Nora's medicine cabinet and wake up because it's about to crash down on him if he doesn't start playing his freshmen that he brought in. That's all I got, guys. Can't wait to hear your comments. Thank you. Great stuff, as always, from our man Brian the Insider. Just a reminder, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the buzz line. We have our man Nicholas Barris of Louisville Select Boxing, a longtime friend of the Weekend Sports Buzz. We have Nick Barris. Nick, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you doing today? Doing very well. We appreciate you calling in. I know you've got opinions on everything in the world of sports. Specifically, what's on your mind this morning, Nick? Oh, I just wanted to comment on the Louisville uh, uh, season. Okay. What it, uh, it appears that it appears that they're lacking a lot of talent. There's been a lot of hype, and uh, I think that whoever rated this recruiting class as top five uh, should probably reevaluate the rating service because I don't see any potential Division One uh, starting players in that recruiting recruiting class, including Samuelson. You know, you don't think he's Okay, yeah, Samuelson. I mean, what about this roster? Is Chris Mack uh, not looking too good right now? We know that a lot of the fans are kind of turning on him as of this morning, but is it just a product of not having good players? I mean, McMahon shouldn't even play. Would you agree with that? Oh, McMahon should be on the bench. Um, you know, I, I personally like him, uh, but he's not going to – he's not a, a – the caliber or pedigree of a guard that you need to win in the ACC. Um, he's really a, a six foot forward um, that shoots really bad from the field. So I don't think that he's a, a Division One basketball player. You know, okay. I just haven't seen it. I'm with you on that. So Chris Mack, not a good day to be a Chris Mack supporter today. Louisville's upside. Just a short couple weeks ago, a lot of Louisville fans were very optimistic about this being a big season for the Cards. Not so much this morning. Uh, Chris Mack is just a um, average basketball coach. You know, he's in over his head at Louisville. Um, he's not done a bad job. He's just not that talented. You know, so if you're expecting him to. Um, 
be a Final Four coach when he's never went to the Final Four in the previous 15 years or whatever he coached. You know, I just don't see where um, where he's going to elevate the program when he where he wasn't capable of doing that at Xavier, and he's not going to do it at Louisville, you know. Okay, well, Chris, uh, uh, Nick, as always, we appreciate your call here into the Weekend Sports Buzz. Before we let you go, anything else you want to chime in on? Anything in the world of sports? Are the Ravens going to win the Super Bowl, Nick? Pick for the Super Bowl? Yeah, Super Bowl. Sure, Super Bowl pick. Oh, the Ravens. How great is Lamar Jackson? MVP. So, you know, one of the best players ever to play the game. He's the MVP. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. I love it. Anything going on right now for Louisville Select Boxing we need to know about, Nick? Uh, DeMont says Duncan's the best fighter in uh, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Tennessee, West Virginia. He's currently number two in the country. He, he what was his? He's now went pro. What's his? What was his amateur record? His amateur record is uh, sixty-seven and seven now. Okay, and he's going pro. Am I right? He'll be turning pro at the end of twenty twenty. At the end of twenty twenty. Okay, because I know there was a big some big articles. Uh, recently about him. When's his next fight? His next fight will be February the 22nd here in Louisville. He'll have two more opportunities to box in Louisville, but uh, he'll fight in Louisville and then in uh, Ireland against the Irish national team in March and then potentially at the Youth World Championships in uh, uh, Serbia in April. So he's got a busy schedule in the next couple months, so I don't probably not going to see him much locally. And uh, they'll probably fight February and then again in the summertime and then make a pro debut in the fall. Wow. Great stuff. Well, Nick, as boxing being your forte, who's the best heavyweight boxer in the world today? Deontay Wilder. Okay. And he's going to – He's. you believe he will beat Tyson Fury in the rematch next month? Yeah. Yeah, he'll beat Tyson Fury. Um, you know – as that fight progressed, uh, he figured Tyson Fury out. Um, you know, the second half of the fight was all Deontay Wilder. I would imagine you'd see an earlier stoppage in this fight with Fury having a, a awkward training camp. He fired his trainer. Um, you know, he's got new coaches, probably back on the dope again. Uh, you know, it's not looking good for Fury. Okay, well, Nick Barris, once again, of Louisville Select Boxing, thank you very much for your call this morning, Nick. Have a great rest of your weekend. We appreciate you. Thank you, Nick. Thank you all. Great stuff there from our man Nick Barris, once again, of Louisville Select Boxing, DeMontez Duncan, Juicy. Uh, We'll have a couple more amateur fights in 2020 prior to making his pro debut Later this year, we appreciate the calls into the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line, which is, once again, 502-384-1450. We still got a lot to unwrap about both of those calls. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. Gary, Brandon, and I will touch on all that and more. Stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, live here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. WXEW, the Big X. Just a reminder, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. We would love to hear from you. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have Steve on the line with us. How are you this morning, Steve? How are you doing this morning? Oh, Carolina, Steve. I didn't know exactly who it was. Doing great. Great to hear from you, Carolina. Doing very well. What's going on with you this morning, Carolina? Well, there wasn't any college football, per se, to watch this weekend. I did watch the All-American to get a look at uh, Clemson's next quarterback. The kid is 6'5", 250. Wow. He's from California. I know his first two initials are DJ, and I can't pronounce his last name. Okay. Big guy. Big big quarterback. Yeah, he's uh was the number one drop back quarterback uh <coughs> in the nation. I like what I see out of him, uh and everything. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting four years now for uh down at Clemson with him there. And uh him and Trevor both together next year. So it's going to be interesting. I am getting ready for the game a week from Monday. So uh, that's that. But I did something yesterday I hadn't done in a couple years. What's that, Carolina? I went over to Bellarmine and watched their, uh, them play. Oh wow! You love Bellarmine. I, I earlier I talked to Carolina about how beautiful basketball can be when teams move the ball real well, and I don't think there's a better embodiment of that locally than Scotty Davenport's team at Bellarmine. How did they look? They looked good. They missed a bunch of shots. Uh, I thought the referee let uh, let the teams get away with a little bit of pushing and shoving underneath and everything. But as usual, Coach Davenport's team won in the end, and I got a chance to go in and see their uh, locker room, the work that had been done to it, and it it reminds me so much of Clemson's football room. Okay. And that is just with what uh, they've done about it and everything, and uh, I'm really impressed with this last year in uh, D2. He's got a team. With a little bit of luck and not any injuries, he could end up as the uh, national champion in D2 their last year in D2. Love it. Got to love that. Representing the local team uh, for Scotty Davenport. For those of you who don't know who Scotty Davenport is, Gary, he, he coached Ballard to the state State championship. Clay High School graduate. Okay. Ballard High School. Went on to be an assistant for many years at Louisville. Under Denny and then also under Rick. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, what type of coaching pedigree? And then, of course, now he's found a home at Bellarmine. I mean, uh, Scotty Davenport is a basketball legend. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I would like I like to watch his team because they're always moving. <laughs> they're standing and dribbling like a lot of teams do. I would 
Carolina, you there? At U of L. I'm sorry. Could, could you repeat that last part, Carolina? Excuse me? I think our our connection broke up there for a moment. Could you repeat that last part? You said you like how they move without the ball. You like how Bellerman plays basketball the right way. What did you say after that, Carolina? I said I would like to have seen Scotty have gotten the job when it was open before Coach Back because I just like to see what he could have done because the way he his teams play and everything. There's no give up. There's always desire and everything. I'm with you as far as the the coaching uh, in the game. Scotty Davenport is about as elite as can be. And I don't think Wara, Jordan Wara, wouldn't be doing what we see him do if if Davenport was the coach, in my opinion. Well, Coach Davenport is as good a coach as I've ever seen at any level. Uh-huh. I like the way he gets it out of his team. I like the way his team hustles. I like the way they prepare and everything. I've been in there many times for his post uh, pregame talk. So I like him with that way and everything. So it's going to be kind of interesting. And, uh, oh, on the WWE, there is a rumor going around <laughs> that Tyson Fury may wrestle. Brock Lesnar for the championship. Wow. I would love to see that. Who do you think wins that one? Yeah, that's going to be good. We all have a good one and everything. I don't know if I'll talk to you next week or not. I may be too too amped up for the football game on Monday night. But y'all have a good one. Thank you very much for the call, Carolina. As always, we appreciate your contribution to the the weekend sports buzz. Gary, we had a few calls there. Yeah. Let's try to unravel some of that. Brian touched on a few things. Thoughts? Yeah, he touched on on, on Louisville needing to wake up, needing to play in their their freshmen more. Um, He also said Indiana, he wasn't sold on them. But Indiana beat Florida State by 16 earlier this year. So. Okay. Um. I think Indiana is fool's gold. They've, they've played, a, I think, a top 300 schedule, which is terrible. But they've also, I mean, Wisconsin beat them by 20, and Wisconsin's not very good. They got beat by 20 yesterday. I just think Indiana all year is going to be hit and miss. But this is a this is a do-or-die year for Archie, Archie Miller. Because I think if they don't make the tournament, then he's gone. What do sure. you think? Oh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, because he hasn't done anything there. I don't know that I hear as much buzz about that, about the hot seat, as really I think I should. It's almost like Hoosier fans don't even care anymore. Or I'm just not following the correct message boards. I just think. Is that right, Gary? You follow this stuff closer than I do. Yeah, I think think the thing that they're stuck on is they're 11-3. and Okay. But I believe nine of their wins are against sub-300 teams. Sub three hundred. Yeah, they they've got one of the worst schedules in America. It's like baseball. If you if, bat, if you're batting three hundred, that's good, right? Is that what you mean? <laughs> so those are good teams, unless unless it keeps you out of the tournament because you <laughs> okay. schedule okay. so bad. <laughs> so Archie and the Hoosiers missed the tournament this year. You think he may be fired? Yep, I think so because they got a new AD coming in. That's okay. not his guy. Yep. So I think if they're they're going to fire him anytime if they don't make tournament be this year. Who do you think is a realistic candidate to replace him? 
You know, I would have thought for years it would have been Steve Alford. I, that, for some reason, he's I was getting ready to say Steve Alford. He's wanted the job forever, but he's at Nevada, and they're getting smacked around left and right down there, so I don't know. I don't know if they'd still be interested in him. But I don't know. I don't okay. know why anybody would. Greg Marshall must be the happiest guy ever at Wichita State because he's had several opportunities for big-time jobs. He's turned them all down. I don't know if it's, it's the pressure that he don't like. He's making almost $4 million a year at Wichita State, and they're not in a very good league. Mm-hmm. And so he can just be comfortable there. I would stay there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're right? – yeah, Especially good, if you, you have a good house. And in my opinion, Scotty Davenport, I said, I said, he's got it figured out. He's a legend. I don't think there's enough that can be said. In my opinion, for your quality of your life, your kids, your wife, your entire situation, for if you have a good job and your family's happy, why leave? Why, why chase money around the country? I think Scotty Davenport could be getting paid better if he were to chase some other jobs. Yep. But he's got a good home in Louisville. He's lived here for a long time. I guess he's probably – I don't know exactly where he lives, but in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um so why, why chase the next big thing yeah. uh, I mean, you, you've his, got a good setup? That's his program. He built that. And now it's Division One. as of what, division, next year? Next year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so why, I mean, like you say, why mess with happiness? couple things. I got some a message uh, on Twitter from our man Brian the Insider. He said, remind the listeners, the Cal's freshman look bad the first 10 games or so, but he stays with them. And they develop, and they turn it around late. Mac is not doing that. Mac uh, isn't playing as freshmen, so we don't get a chance to see them. Are not going to have a chance to see them, an opportunity to see them turn it around later in the season. Gary, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, this is your recruiting class. You've pushed this super six as far as you can push them, and then you don't even play them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Aiden, Aiden Iggyhan's averaging five minutes a game. That's that's awful. I mean, why would you not play them guys and get them some experience, especially when you're running these gravy teams over the first five or six games of the year? You know what you have with your experience, guys. Why wouldn't you play your freshmen and get them ready? I don't know. Okay. Also, Carolina Steve said, and and Brandon, I saw your ears perk up over there. He said Tyson Fury might wrestle <laughs> against, was it Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar. Who do we think should be the favorite? If we're Vegas, Brian almost comment, also commented on that. He said, did Carolina say wrestle? He did. He said wrestle. He did ra- say wrestle. Right? He, brought, he brought back the old school term. Rassle. He said wrestle. Yeah. Okay. Who do we think should be the favorite between Brock Lesnar and Tyson Fury? If they were to wrestle for the title. Well, I mean, experience says that Lesnar has been wrestling a lot longer. Yeah. Okay. But Fury has the striking advantage. He Oh, he has a definitive striking and height advantage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just wonder if he's going to do any top rope stuff. Yeah. High flyer. I'd like to see a sumo splash out of him or something. What do we think of, of Tyson Fury? Okay, he got rid of Pete, his, his coach, I think it's Pete Davidson. Now, I think Pete Davidson may still be involved in his camp a little. but ba- All right, so basically what Tyson Fury did was he beat Vladimir Klitschko. He ended the Klitschko reign. Let's not forget about that. Ugly decision. But he's the one who knocked off, dethroned Vladimir Klitschko. 
Then he went out and partied. He drank like 40 beers a night, did a bunch of cocaine, gained like 150 pounds. Overnight? I don't know. Jesus. Yeah, pretty much. That's a lot okay. of cocaine. Yeah, that's a good amount of cocaine. And he would go out and eat a bunch of um, – he didn't lose weight when he did his cocaine. <laughs> he gained a bunch of weight. Got like, fat. Like most people. He was, yeah. he was gaining weight, weight one yeah. key at a time. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> then he, he went through depression. It's been well documented. And then he found Pete Davidson, this guy who's a trainer uh, from the United Kingdom, a, a trainer, boxing trainer, and somehow – Tyson Fury was impressed by him. Pete helped him to to lose the weight, to get back into a structured routine, and to get back to the top, and he fought against Deontay Wilder. We saw that. It was a draw. Okay. But now, Tyson Fury has done away with his coach, and he's decided to switch camps. For those of you who follow... Um... Boxing closely, you are familiar with Emmanuel Stewart from Detroit, Gronk. Um, um, So Emmanuel Stewart's nephew is Sugar Hill, okay? So, of course, Emmanuel Stewart, who coached um, Lennox Lewis, and really what he does is he, I mean, he coached some of the greatest boxers ever, okay? So full disclosure, Emmanuel Stewart's one of the greats. But what he does is he gets his boxers to box within the Marcus of Queensbury rules to play a little bit defensive, like Lennox Lewis did late in his career, and basically just to win. And that's what you're trying to do, I would think. So Tyson Fury now has this new coaching staff around him. And he's going to go into the Deontay Wilder fight. And what he's going to try to do is avoid being knocked out. <laughs> that would be key. I think that's a real good uh, goal. Yeah. As Nick Barris predicted a, a, a knockout for Deontay Wilder. And I don't disagree with him. Especially when I hear that Tyson Fury is horsing around <laughs> with WWE. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why the hell is that stuff coming out right now? Yeah. I don't know why. His focus has turned to that. I don't get uh, money. Yeah. You can't knock him there. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah, but, I but, mean, do you think he really needs money right now? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he's Floyd Mayweather, he may. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Patrick Ewing said it best. What's the quote? Yeah, we make a lot of money, but we spend a spend lot of a money, lot. too. Yeah. That's why you see so many broke athletes. Yep. It's not about how much you make. It's about how much you spend. So I don't know what's up with Tyson Fury. But. It's because they'll buy their whole front line, the Rolexes. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, are you saying Lamar Jackson? <laughs> just make, yeah. Just yeah, make just reference. an example. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but athletes famously do crazy stuff with their money. Uh, a lot of them. So, I don't know. But the thing is, is I know Nicholas Barris. I know him well. I've known him for a long time. He's a good guy. Very good guy. Louisville's like boxing. But we'll see in this rematch. What a highly anticipated rematch will be in Vegas next month between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder if Sugar Hill Stewart and Tyson Fury can implement this strategy and beat Deontay Wilder within the rules of boxing. What an accomplishment will that be? So... All this that we're saying about Tyson Fury screwing around with the WWE, it'll be just brushed to the wayside if he wins, right? Yeah. 
And that's how it works. We're like, idiot, idiot. Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. gained weight. And we were like, well, he knows what he's doing. He beat Anthony Joshua in his first fight. Then he lost. And now everybody's like, idiot. What an idiot, <laughs> right? So it's the tables turn quickly. But Nick Barris predicted Deontay Wilder or knocked Tyson Fury out. I don't know that I disagree with him. I'm, I'm yeah. tuned in. Am I watching this fight? Hell yeah, I am. Yeah, I think his prediction is pretty accurate. Yeah. I think that what he said about Wilder being able to figure Fury out towards the end of the fight and then taking that information into this new fight, unless Fury's really changed up what he's doing, I don't think a more defensive approach is going to win him the fight. It might keep him upright longer, but I don't necessarily think it's the way to go, and I think Wilder will end up taking him out. That's just my guess. Okay. So we'll we'll see about that. Anything else, maybe in Brian's call that 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 we 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 didn't touch on, Gary? Well, he talked about the Patriots. Uh, you know, they started out eight and zero this year. They finished four and five the rest of the year. <laughs> the two biggest games, the last two games of the year, they lose to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins when the a buy first round buy was up for grabs. Then they lose to Ryan Tannehill. So that, you- if that tells you they're on a downward spiral. Do you think there's a common denominator there? Is there something that caused that decline? I, I don't think the Patriots have nowhere near the talent they used to have. Um, the the receivers were suspect. Uh, running the running game is decent, but I just I just think that guys are going elsewhere. I mean, Belichick has run such a, a, a Straight and narrow thing. They don't take anybody that has any issues anymore. Antonio Brown lasted what a couple of weeks with them. Yeah, or they entertained him briefly. Yeah, yeah. And Josh Gordon, they let him go. So I don't know. I mean, I think everybody's wondering if Brady's going to be on another team next year or if he's retiring. First of all, he's not going out like that. A pick six to end his career. I think they'll give it another two years in New England, and then. They may all ride off in the sunset. People are worried about Belichick more than anything. He's already sold his house. Uh, the trainer there, the head trainer, sold his house. So they're wondering if he may be going somewhere else or just calling it quits. So I don't know. I'd like to hear Marcus's explanation, you know, how Marcus feels about it. I mean, he called earlier in this year that he, he didn't think the Patriots were going to do anything this postseason. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Okay. Um, we appreciate the calls from everyone this morning. Been a very active show so far here on the, the weekend sports buzz. Once again, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. My man, Brandon Bishop, Gary Love, and myself, we will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz live here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. Louisville Combat Academy has four fighters fighting on this card Saturday, February 1st in Shepherdsville. HR MMA 114, I believe is what it is. You would think I know that better than I do. I talk about it all the damn time. I'll I'll check it. Give me just a moment. But <laughs> it, it's Saturday, February 1st at the Paraquet Con- Springs Conven- Conference Center in Shepherdsville. Uh, Lingo's Fighting of Louisville Combat Academy. Josh Ferguson, Jacob Pierce, and Justin Higdon. Also want to give a shout-out to my health insurance practice. I'm an independent broker. I can help you with any health insurance request you have, whether it be group health insurance, um, individual health insurance, or if you're on Medicare, you're age 65 or older and you need help with a Medicare supplement or a a Medicare Advantage plan, um, I can help you with that regardless of what your need is. I can go with any of the companies for for anything. Once again, independent broker, that means if you have a health insurance need in Ohio, Kentucky, or Indiana, I'm your man. Call me, 502-386-0978. Brandon, you said we have a caller on the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line now. What's the name of the caller? Uh, I believe it's Billy Bay. Billy Bay? If, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I I, I, I read what you wrote there, and I didn't want to mispronounce it. Billy Bay. I okay. believe so. The connection wasn't great, so let's see how it turns out. All right. We'll, we'll see what we got here. We got Billy Bay on the line with us. How are you this morning? Billy Bay. Now, it's Billy Ray and not oh, right. Cyrus. Oh, sorry. Billy Ray. <laughs> Billy Ray. Okay. What do you have for us this morning, Billy Ray? I just want to say that the New England Patriots got what they deserve. That was a big loss. Okay. Patriots were knocked out yesterday in the wild card round by Tennessee. They deserve it. They're a bunch of cheaters. They're a bunch of cheaters. They deserve to be knocked out yesterday, and they're a bunch of cheaters. I can't stand Belichick. They're good at finding loopholes. They deserve it. Okay. I don't like it. Antonio Brown. He made a little post on there, said what could have been. I think he's right. <laughs> Who knows? If Antonio Brown would be on the Patriots right now, maybe they would have won. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Well, I just want to call – I want to keep it short and sweet. Billy Ray and not Billy Ray Cyrus. He can eat his heart out. New England Patriots. Yeah, they deserved it. They're a bunch of taters. They flatten up that they flatten up them balls and they think they get away with it. Not here in America. No, no. All right. <laughs> Billy Ray, thank you very much for the call. Uh we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thanks a lot, Billy Ray. No problem, y'all. Take care. God bless America. <laughs> that was great. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't either, but that was great. Apparently it's Billy Ray, not Billy, Billy Ray. Ray Cyrus, though. <laughs> not really no, yeah. Like, thank goodness he clarified, or I would have written that off as definitely being Billy Ray Cyrus, right? (laughs) Sounded just like him. Yeah. So thank goodness for the clarification. Thoughts on that? I think, I mean, I love the call. Uh, Hopefully calls back more. I think uh, the Patriots should have been more worried about uh, recording a 
Tennessee Titan game than they were recording a Cincinnati Bingo game, which they're going to be punished for in the next yeah, two weeks. Yeah, Bengals are 2-14. and 14. <laughs> Yeah, so. Maybe a little bit more time with the Titans. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Would it would have helped. I don't know. <laughs> I think they said it was their first AFC wild card loss since 2009. Wow. So should have the, cheated. Yeah, they should have cheated better. He said, not here in America. <laughs> not here in America. <laughs> wow. So the Patriots, Billy Ray's not feeling too patriotic. About the Patriots. About the Patriots, I, I believe. So great call there. Anything else touched on by the callers earlier we haven't gotten to yet? Yeah, they, you know, Brian, uh, Brian the insider, uh, mentioned, you know, Kentucky playing the way they played yesterday. Uh, Nick Richards, 21 and 12. Nine and thirteen from the field. Uh, scary moment the last two minutes of the game when Ashton Hagens pulled up on what it looked like appeared to me that it might have been an Achilles. But Cal saying it's a low ankle sprain. Um, we got to get more out of Tyrese Maxey. No showed yesterday. O for five from three. Um, I think Kentucky only had two guys in double figures. They had Manuel quickly had a career high twenty three points. Um, Missouri's always tough. Quanzo Martin will not let you score on them. I mean, whoever whoever goes there in Virginia and loves scoring 40 points a game, power to you. I mean, I think it's ugly basketball. But Kentucky did what they had to do. Now, they got a tough test coming up Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. They play at Georgia. And at Georgia just won at Memphis yesterday. Okay. So How good's Memphis these days? Uh, they were number nine in the country. They were. Yeah, they were 12-1. and one. Yep. Granted, they lost James Wiseman. That's all I really know. Yeah, uh, they've got they had a, the number one recruiting class in America. They've got good talent on the team. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're young also. I think they've got seven freshmen on the team. Okay. So Penny's got the program going in the right direction, but he's got to prove. Like everybody always says, Cal can't coach. And now everybody's saying that Penny can't coach, but he broke out the Memphis State jerseys yesterday. Okay. How long have they been? Memphis, how long have they been since they've been Memphis State? Twenty years. I don't know how long. You tell me. It's been a, it's been a long time. Okay. But they probably won't bring them out again. Yeah. I mean they they didn't play very well yesterday. What about Michigan? How, how's Jawan Howard doing? Uh, recruiting wise, he's doing great. He's got the number four class in the nation. He's got a uh, guy, uh, Josh Christopher. I think he's going to end up getting if it. Well, it's down between Arizona and Michigan. I think he's like the number three point guard in America. He had 44 points and 16 rebounds Friday night. Point guard. Wow. So, he's very good. Uh, Michigan plays Michigan State today. I think I think Michigan's kind of come back to earth. I think they've got three or four losses now. But it's his first year, you know. You got to give got to give him time. Okay. But yeah, I mean Michigan Michigan State play at 130. But I think Michigan State's starting to take off now to where everybody thought they were going to be. They beat a team the other night by 40 points. So, Brandon, you have created the Weekend Sports Buzz group. It's a monster now. It is. When you made it, I was like, this isn't going to get any traction, is what I was kind of – Remember, you remember. Yeah, and I mean, I, I really didn't expect it to either. Honestly, I was just looking to post material there so that I'd have kind of like a cheat sheet for something to talk about on the show. But turns out we got a few members now, and they're having, they're having some conversation. So it's actually working out, surprisingly. Just got a text in from – Weekend Sports Buzz alum, Mo. he said, Deshaun is a beast. 
The defense is trash, though. So uh, if the Titans' defense cannot contain Lamar Jackson, it may be a long day for them because I, I don't agree. know if you guys have, have, have paid attention, but Lamar Jackson is a very potent offensive threat. He's nothing short of a weapon on that yeah, team. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, Nick Barris had some strong words earlier. What did he say? He said, one of the best football players ever, I think. I mean, I know that may be a little premature to say. I mean, he's only had really one great season now. Because we can say he had a great regular season, officially, MVP. Sure. How many years can he keep this up? That's the question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know if I'd say the Titans' defense is trash. Okay. I mean, they, they held New England scoreless at home yesterday in the Good second point. half. Good point. They gave up 98 yards rushing. Uh, they held uh, Manning, I mean, not Manning, but Brady to 20 out of 37 with a thirty with a 59 rating yesterday. I okay. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say the defense is trash. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it would be a good game. They just can't let – they can't give Lamar field position. And you know what? I apologize. Um the 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 Texans I I was confused actually oh Deshaun Watson yeah Deshaun yeah. Watson I'm sorry I, yeah. I was I was doing Mariota I was confused there Mo, Mo clarified there so yeah I so mean, we being the Texans playing Kansas City yeah. the Titans playing Baltimore so I was mixed up there yeah so thanks for the clarification there Mo yeah the Texans against the Ravens is a matchup to keep an eye on gotcha okay and so he's saying the Texans defense. Is garbage. Yeah, I mean they they Mo, benefited. Uh, Mo, of course, is from Texas. Yeah, they benefited by getting JJ Watt back yesterday, though. So them getting him back helps them a lot. But there's, I don't know if their secondary is great. I think they're young. I know they've got uh, Lonnie Johnson, rookie out of Kentucky. Okay, as a corner. So yeah, I mean I haven't really watched a whole lot of the Texans this year, mm-hmm. but. Deshaun Watson is on another level. Did you see him get out of that sack yesterday at the end of the game? They had two guys hit him at the same time, and he somehow or another spins out of it and throws like a 35-yard pass to the 10, game-winning field goal. So if we're looking specifically for the, the Ravens, which admittedly I'm a Lamar Jackson homer, Ryan Tannehill, they've got Henry, who can really run the ball well. Uh, so the Titans yes. have their hands full. Titans finished the season at 9-7, and seven, obviously then knocked off the Patriots yesterday. Huge, uh, I'll say it upset, but they've been very very hot as of late. They'll be playing against the Ravens at 8-15. Derrick Henry won the rushing title this year, didn't he? I believe he did, yeah. yeah. On 8-15 p.m. on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday will be the, 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 the Titans – against the Ravens. So, I mean, the, the, man, talk about a, a passing of the torch, okay? Brady's out. I don't know how substantial this could be. Earlier I tried to say, and, and sometimes I'm maybe a little bit of a um, prone to being caught up in the moment, but I said a line has been drawn in the sand for Louisville basketball fans where it was the honeymoon phase for Chris Mack, but as of today, no moss. No more honeymoon phase. A lot of the Louisville fans are anti-Chris Mack now. That's just my observation. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the NFL, Tom Brady has really been the guy for a long time. Well, they're they're knocked out of the, the playoffs now. 
if Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson of the Texans even, or somebody else can step forward and make a run to the Super Bowl, could we see a passing of the torch in another era for the NFL? You know, I don't know. I mean, I can't stand the Patriots probably more than any team in the NFL. But we forget that they just won the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> so I, I wouldn't think – I mean, they're not like on a two- or three-year struggle. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they they finished the season 12-4. and four. Granted, they tailed off at the end. But until somebody overthrows Brady for more than one year, then I think it's still him until somebody does it consistently for the next two or three years. Yeah, you can't just win a, a – a- a Super Bowl. All right, what about if the, if the uh, Saints win it all? Breeze has already won one. Yeah. They could win it all. Yeah, they could. Teddy uh, Teddy sitting there in the wings. Is he going to stick around? I mean, no. what's, what's the story there? He wants to be a starter. And he played like a starter. Well, Breeze can't have that much time left. No, but I thought he just signed like a new five-year contract yeah, last year. Yeah, I guess he, he may. In yeah. this era of quarterbacks, I don't know how much time he has left. Yeah, well, Brady's, Brady's, what, 42? And he said he wants to play till he's 45. Uh-huh. So, I don't know if uh, Breeze is that old, but he's been doing it. He's been around for a long time, too. I think 16 years in the league. So, this upcoming – so, all right. Yesterday, we had the Texans defeated the Bills. Bills really fumbled that away. Mm-hmm. Uh and there's, of course, good footage of their fans getting drunk and doing what Bills fans do. The one guy did, dropped an elbow off a, a truck. <laughs> do you see that? Every game. Brandon, he dropped an elbow, and it didn't work very well for him. <laughs> no, like, it didn't I, turn out too well. I imagine he, he, he had it envisioned in his head where it was going to be a glamorous <laughs> elbow drop onto a, a, a table, and then everything was going to be fine. But no, he missed he misjudged how far away the table was, and he jumped a little too far. Looked like he broke his neck. <laughs> it is exactly what it looked like. Okay, but it was worth it, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. It that's was worth it. For us, yeah. For the that's, up- that's what we call an acceptable loss. Okay, so the the um, our man Mo, who we haven't had in in a while. I need to have right. Mo back in. Yeah. But um, Mo's Texans defeated the Bills 22-19 to yesterday. Of course, the Titans beat the Patriots 20-13. to Today, at 105, we have the Vikings and the Saints. Saints are favored by eight points. At 440, we have the Seahawks and the Eagles. That's an even game. Yeah, it's at Philadelphia, too, I believe, because they won their division. It's at Philadelphia, the wild card round. So we'll get to see if, uh, you know, what's up with the, 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 the future of the NFL Um but we'll have a much better picture of it. Maybe not so after, not so much after today. But then next week we got the 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 Niners are waiting. Okay, Titans and Ravens, Texans and Chiefs, and the Packers are waiting for an opponent. Also, yep. So Aaron Rodgers sitting there with one Super Bowl win. Drew Brees also with one. So if one of those two guys could win it all and their team could win it all, I'd say they kind of take the reins from Brady. I'm not saying they're going to dethrone Brady. Right. Because he's, he's got six Super Bowls. Yeah, right. you're not going to catch him no. that quickly. No. Uh, also, let's say Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's got a Super he's Bowl. He's got one, yeah. Okay, so it could still happen. A, a lot of storylines across the NFL right now. I'm most tuned into Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar. His authenticity I love his – he's doing Michael Vick better than Michael Vick ever did it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he's got a better tech. You know, he's he's got a better arm than Michael Vick did. Okay. Um, he's bigger. He's bigger than Michael Vick. Yeah, he may be. He may be even faster. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and while we're talking about the NFL, can we talk about how big of a cluster my Dallas Cowboys coaching search is going? Wow. I mean. Jason Garrett's contract, they haven't fired him. His contract is up January the 14th. It looks like they're just going to let it run out. So he's still at the he's still at the uh the site every day while coaches are still coming in interviewing for his job. So they're like walking right by his office. Marvin Lewis, <laughs> Marvin Lewis. Um do you think he calls them scabs under his breath when they walk past? <laughs> Probably. Well, I think there's been some talk of him maybe sticking around on the staff. He wants to stick around on staff. He okay. wanted to, he wanted to call plays this year, and now he's trying to use that as you know you should have let me call plays. Give me one more year. He don't want to he don't want to leave, which I understand. It's the Cowboys. He's been involved in the organization since two thousand seven. Um, he was a backup. So since before then, he was a backup to Troy Aikman. He was a backup. Yeah, he's been around the league for, or he's been around the Cowboys for a long time, right? Yes. So i uh, very long. So, and in particular, Jerry Jones. Yes. So, Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones have been, I'll bring it up here, but they've been uh, worked together Mm -hmm. for a very long time. Let's see here. Early, mid-90s, maybe. Yeah. Let me see here. He was with the Cowboys from 93 through 99. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. And then uh... then he played for the Giants (laughs) and the Buccaneers and the Dolphins. Um, But he came back in 2007, so. Um, maybe he'll stick around. I okay. Finding a coach in the NFL is a controversial thing. Okay, there's a big spotlight on the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, a big spotlight on the Cowboys. Okay, so what I mean by that is they've had some good productivity under Jason Garrett. If you look at their record, would they go thirteen and three one year? They haven't yeah. won. A, you know, they haven't had success in the playoffs. No. Okay, but. It's not that easy to win in the NFL. That, the reason the NFL thrives and gets such good ratings is because of parity. Yeah, okay. But- so so I'm 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 not a big fan of people saying get this coach out of here, get another one in. Uh, you know they're going to win. That it's that easy. The Steelers don't really have down years much. Okay. Right. And what they also do is they have continuity. They don't fire their coaches. So I'm actually more of a proponent of. Stick with the coach for a long time. How many coaches have the Steelers had? I hate the Steelers. Yeah. I'm a lifelong Bengals fan. Yeah. So I'm not like saying the Steelers are my favorite team. I'm saying they've got to figure it out. Continuity. You can't just go around, in my opinion, can't just go around firing coaches every few years. If you, if you, if you have a good season and then you don't do what you want in the uh, postseason, I don't think it's as easy as just fire that coach and bring a new one in. Well, you got to think. Jason Garrett has been the head coach there for 10 years. Okay. He's got six, eight, and eight seasons. Okay. That's that's terrible for the Cowboys. Cowboys have won two playoff games since 1996. 23 years. They can't blame. Jerry Jones gets a little bit of blame. But look at the team that Jerry Jones has put around Jason Garrett. He's got a quarterback. He's got a franchise running back. He's got wide receivers all over the field. You know what I'm saying? He's got the best, one of the best offensive lines in in football. So, what's the solution? Is fire him and the whole staff and bring a new one in? That's my thing. You start from scratch. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm a Bengals fan my whole life. I'm just saying. You start from scratch. Bring a whole new coaching staff in. 
very rarely do they just come in and they just are like, okay, well, we're going to not only have a good season and make the playoffs, but we're going to make a run yeah. in I, the playoffs. I'm just saying, man, I, I'm a, a jaded Bengals fan. I've seen it my literally my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I don't know what the solution is. If you – all right, I made a post in the weekend sports was comparing the Jets. A lot of critics of the Cowboys say Jerry Jones – micromanages, he's the GM, they don't have a GM, that's why they do not produce in the playoffs. The Jets, since 2006, have had like four different GMs. And the Cowboys have won like 20 more games over that span than the Jets have. Mm-hmm. I just think So, so I, I, it's not easy to make the playoffs in the NFL, that's why the NFL is so great. I just think such a spotlight on the Cowboys makes it a difficult thing. You're a Cowboys fan, yeah. Gary. Mm-hmm. I just think the message gets stale. Okay. You know, you have to hear it from somebody else. I mean, Jason Garrett, his demeanor never changed from if they was winning by 30, if they was losing by 30. He stood on the sidelines. He clapped. He thought everything was great. I think the message gets stale. You don't want you don't want a coach to be your friend. Okay. But if you're winning, then it doesn't look that bad, right? Yeah, but it's okay. So you got to win. And they do. <laughs> look at, Let's look at their records. <laughs> They do. They don't win the Super Bowl. You guys won a Super Bowl. Okay. Tell me the playoffs they've been into the last 10 years. How many times they've been in the playoffs? All right. I'll bring it up here. I'll bring it up. Okay. I'm just saying, man, it's not easy to win in the NFL. That's it, why the NFL's so great. I, I agree. I agree. But if you're one of the top franchises, you're what, number two or number three all-time in Super Bowls, and you've got two I playoff I understand. Wins. It's like Kentucky basketball. Yeah. you got a big spotlight. Mm-hmm. You better produce. I get it. It's like the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, that do- doesn't always equate to um, victories. Does that make sense? Yeah. it does. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll bring up his, his all-time coaching. I think, uh, I think he's 92 and 67. Wow. So you're ready for that. I, I appreciate your um, – yeah, it says eight, actually 85 and 67. Okay, so he's 18 games okay. over 500. For the regular season. Mm-hmm. See, he's been there since 2010. Just looking at regular season. Because from my eyes, if you can get your team to the postseason enough, they'll do it. In 2016, they went 13-3. and three. Mm-hmm. 2014, they went 12-4. and four. His first year there, they were 5-3. In 2015... 5-3. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He took over uh, for... Who was it? Oh, Chan Gailey or somebody like that. Yeah, right? he took yeah. over. So he, he went 5-3. and three. Yeah. Um, he's only went under 500 other than that first year once. Okay. So I guess I'm just saying tread lightly because <laughs> teams end up sucking a lot in the NFL. And then they, you're like, okay, well, man, I guess we should have kept him. I, and, and I'm someone who says Bengals probably shouldn't have fired Marvin Lewis. Right. I think fans in the NFL get so caught up in this is just my perspective. We're not winning in the playoffs. Fire him. Okay, well, good luck. Let's see if he can bring you in the playoffs every year like like Jason Garrett was. Whoever you're bringing in. Who's the solution? Jason Garrett is fired. You bring in who? Well, I mean, they're looking at a couple guys. They're looking at Mike McCarthy. Okay. Former, you know. Packers Super Bowl winning coach. Yep. Uh, you've got a Josh McDaniels, offense coordinator for the Patriots, which I'm not a fan of. Okay. Um. Urban Meyer, I don't know if he could last five years in the NFL. 
with all the health issues he says he has. Um, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, which would be great offensively, but their defense is what struggled this year. Okay. So it's kind of hard to do all up tempo if, if you keep your defense that struggles anyways on the field the whole game. So I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'll be interested to see which way – Jerry Jones, his next coach, is going to have to give that guy some GM responsibilities. You're going to have to pay the next guy a lot of money, and he got, he's got to be able to run his own roster. You can't have your owner setting your roster for you. It just don't work. Yeah, I agree with that, except that if, compared to, like, my Bengals or the Jets or any other team that hasn't had a lot of success lately – the way they've been doing it lately does get them to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But in the early 90s, when Jimmy Johnson was the coaching GM, mm-hmm. and then they was winning games, they was winning Super Bowls. And then I think after Barry Switzer, mm-hmm. Jerry Jones took over. The GM duties. The GM duties. Okay. And they've struggled ever since. So I just think you have to have give your head coach a little bit more say. So then, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. So we encourage you to give us a call on the Louisville Combat Academy Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. As a jaded Bengals fan, I hate to sound so bitter. I'm just saying, tread lightly. It's easy to go for five, ten years where you look back and you're like, "Wow, we sure did have it good back when we used to make the playoffs." Because now we're just like a laughing stock. Yeah, and you know, and people, people on online are saying, "Please let." Please let Dallas hire Marvin Lewis. Please let – they're not hiring Marvin Lewis. In my opinion, they could do worse. They could do worse. A lot of people are saying that – When you look at Bill Belichick, before the Patriots hired him, his head coaching experience was five years with the Browns, yep. and his resume looked really bad. Yep. And now he's the greatest thing ever. So, well, I don't know. And yeah. people criti- criticize his body language when you're losing. If you start losing, you have big losses in the playoffs – Fans come out of the woodwork and they say you're too excited, you're too animated, or you're too lethargic or anything. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I, I think the NFL fans with the analysis of the coaches is an interesting topic. And for me, I don't know what the solution is. And I, I tend to just kind of say, all right, guys, let's see what you do. Right. So I don't know. Uh Another story that's caught my eye is Kevin Love in Cleveland. Yes. What's going on with Kevin Love, Gary Love, in Cleveland? Is he a brother of yours? I wish. <laughs> yeah. He's loaded. <laughs> yeah. Um, you related to the Beach Boys? No. Isn't, he, isn't that right, Brandon Bishop? Could you check that out for me? Kevin Love. I think his uncle. I think he is, yeah. His uncle is in the Beach Boys or something. But what's up with Kevin Love, Gary? Well, I, he's, he's upset with management. Um they, you know, he signed this big contract with them, and they've every year gotten rid of their star players. So it's left him. He's on a rebuilding team. He's been in the league what uh, twelve years, I think, thirteen years now, and he he wants to get back to winning. So he's upset because they're not putting anybody around him to help him win. They're wanting to go young. They hired a sixty-five year old John Beeline, which is a great. He's a good, great college coach. I just don't know if his system is going to work in the NBA. So I think he's frustrated. Would he go off on the he go off on the GM the other day? They find him or something. And last night during the game, I think he threw a chest pass about 150 miles an hour at another player. So he's just, he's looking for a reason to get traded. He wants to get traded. 
and I don't I don't disagree with him. I think they should have traded him four years ago when he wanted to. So, you know, he was in Minnesota. He got unhappy in Minnesota. He went to Cleveland, and they won big with him, LeBron, and Kyrie. And now all them players are gone. And, yeah, it sucks. You're towards your, the end of your career, and you're losing every single game. And I'm all for it. I, I, like, I like to see the drama. What do you think? I love it. It makes me like Kevin Love a lot more because Kevin Love, early in his career with the Timberwolves, I remember he was putting up freakish stat lines. He'd get 22 points and 21 rebounds. Yep. But the knock on him was, okay, well, the Timberwolves suck. Mm-hmm. So he's getting paid well. And he. I remember he was compared to some historically great players. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Wes Unsold at a time for some of those specific uh, 20 and 20 20 points, 20 rebounds, stats that he put up. Okay? So it's easy. It would be the easy route for someone like Kevin Love now to just keep focusing on his stats and get paid and not worry so much about winning a title. But what Kevin Love's doing right now is he's frantically saying, trade me. I want to go to a contender. This team's garbage. You saw the one guy was trying to – his point guard. Did you see that clip, Gary? Kevin Love's point guard was dribbling out the clock. And you watch the, sh- the, the shot clock. It goes from like 15 down to 6. Mm-hmm. And the point guard, I forget who it was, just kept dribbling. He was in the corner. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like just burning the clock out. And they were losing. And Kevin Love ran from the post all the way up to him. Started yelling at him. <laughs> throwing his arms up in the air like, what the hell are you doing? I mean, Kevin Love is frantic right now. And that competitive edge, in my opinion has made me into a fan, more so than I ever have been before because he doesn't like losing. He wants no. to win. Yeah. He wants to win. Yeah, I mean, he's a career 18 points, 11 rebounds. I remember watching him in high school when the McDonald's All-American game came to Louisville, and I got to go watch their practices. And he dominated the game. I mean, he was he could throw a chest pass from one, one end line to the next. Okay. Unbelievably strong. Yep. That's um, what I've heard him compared to Wes Unsel. Yes. Is with the, the outlet passes. Yes, it was crazy. Yeah. Now, Kevin Love is a stud. Yeah. He has a, a unique skill set. He's almost a, a modern post player is what he is. Yes. He's, a, he's a four, could play five, gets a lot of rebounds, but he can also shoot three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like you say, uh, the point guard, former Alabama point guard, his name's escaping me right now, he hasn't really lived up to his expectations anyways because I think he was the top – seven or eight player coming out of college, and he hasn't really developed very much. For the Cavs? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll bring it up here. Yeah. And um, it's frustrating losing every game. Cavs are now 10 and 25. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sexton, I think, is the Colin guy. Colin Sexton. Yeah. Colin Sexton mm-hmm. is the guy. And, and he was dribbling out the clock. He averages 18.5 points a game. He's having a good individual, individually yeah. statistic year, yeah. but the Cavs are ten and twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Love won one title with LeBron, right? Yeah, one yes. title. So he he got a taste of what it is in in uh, winning a title, and now he wants to he wants to get back there. Yeah. He wants to when it's all said and done. Kevin Love wants to be a Hall of Famer. He wants to look back and be like, I accomplished this. The GM responded to these continued requests to be trade traded by Kevin Love and said, hey, man, back off, or we're going to fine you. 
Yeah. Kevin Love quickly responded with, let's see what the quote was. I don't want to misquote him. He said, go ahead. I have plenty of money. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Brandon, does that like you make you like an NBA player more than the average guy who's content being on a, a, a losing team if he's out there frantically wanting to win? I mean, I can definitely respect the fact that they, they have that desire to win and want to be on a winning team, work with a better team. Um, you know, so I, I guess I can get behind it. Yeah. Okay. But you are under contract too. You are. So there's a right, fine yeah. line. There is a fine line right. be- between, um, you don't get to choose what happens. Occasionally you get on a bad team. Right. So I don't know. Uh, some people could be critical of Kevin Love and the way he's handling this. For some reason, I like fire. Yeah. I like fiery players, especially in the NBA where they're known for kind of coasting and just going for a paycheck. Yep. And yep. being content with losing. Rajon Rondo is a nut job. Yeah. Okay. So competitive. So competitive. That makes me like him. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that he'd be an easy guy to be a teammate with? I don't. Probably not. Uh, or to get along with. I don't know. You know, that's those are personal things. But somebody who wants to win so much. If I see an NBA player try to get away with some cheap little move where they're um, going through a screen and they trip their opponent or something like that, I like it. Yeah. Call them for a foul, but I, you know what I mean? They're trying to win. Yeah, That's what I like. It, Within the rules, it's on the ref to call it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the ref's job. But I, I don't know, man. I just like competition. You know, bringing up, Chris, uh, bringing up uh, Rajon Rondo makes me think of a video I seen yesterday on Twitter. He was walking to a department store somewhere, and somebody was like, Oh, look, it's my favorite point guard, oh, Chris God. Paul. <laughs> and called him Chris the, Paul? The dude tried to give him a hug, and Rondo was looking at him like, what? <laughs> yeah, he, he turned around and walked away. That wouldn't, the, that wouldn't go well. No. And no, it's on no, video? No. Yeah. Is that real? I don't know. It looked I real. I got to see that. Oh, it was funny. He was like, it's my favorite point guard. He doesn't even Chris look Paul. at all like Chris Paul. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. It was funny, though. But I just it just made me think that. he just I think he just went moved up to uh, number 12 or 11 all-time in the NBA assists. I think he's five behind Russell Westbrook. Which, wow. Which Russell Westbrook. He play. He's get too much playing time. He's not going to pass him. Yeah. Um, but he's he's had a great career from where I thought he'd be when he came out of Kentucky. He's really. I mean, he's. I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame player. Um, but, but he's, he's had a great. He's now career. played for a long time. He's probably like thirty three years old. I would think thirty four. Yeah, because I think he came out in 05. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But he can do it all. I mean, not the greatest shooter, but no. But Ray, I hate to switch it to Rajon Rondo, but. Uh, what's up with the NBA right now? How great is Anthony Davis? Oh, he had 46 the other night against the Pelicans. He's pretty good. Yeah. We didn't touch on that. Brian really isn't a fan of Dick Vitale. No. <laughs> Did you guys pick up on that? No. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, people are starting to get old of his little shtick. He, he says the same thing every game. You think yeah, Zion Williamson deserves to be ranked ahead of Anthony Davis? Something that uh, – because he, he, he accomplished absolutely zero in his college career. Uh-huh. I mean, he, he did nothing last year. I mean, he had highlight dunks. I mean, they lost in Elite Eight. Um, I just don't see why you put him the number one player of the last decade. Who do we think is going to win the NBA Finals this year? I I say the Lakers. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Clippers lost yesterday to John Morant and the Grizzlies. Yeah. I mean, granted, Paul George didn't play. He tweaked his hamstring or something. Mm-hmm. But um, you still got enough talent on the team to beat – uh, 
fourteen and twenty two Memphis team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Montrez Harrell had twenty eight yesterday. He did twenty eight nine. He I mean he played well, but I mean NBA season's so long. These guys got to take days off. Um, Pistons and Lakers are playing today at ten p.m. Mm-hmm. Lakers are favored by fifteen. I'm tuned in, man. I, I always defend LeBron. Always. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. They need I, another... I want this Lakers team to win it. I'd say he's the best, certainly the best player of this generation. Yeah. But now he has Anthony Davis as his teammate. And say what you will about LeBron, but damn, this team is good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they need another. They need one more player, I think. I mean, they got Danny Green. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. I just think they need – I think they're one short. Okay. Davis had 46 points and 13 rebounds in Friday's win over the Pelicans. Yeah. I mean, the Pelicans are young. I mean, I think it's like they've got everybody on the Lakers team from the last two years. <laughs> so, um, I'm all for Brandon Ingram. Okay. Did you talk? Did you see him talking a bunch of crap? I didn't see that. What did he do? Um, you know, he's having a great year with the Pelicans. Pretty good shooter. He's starting to come into his own. But he said he – said, in an interview, he said, "I'm looking at these guys, Buddy Hield. He named off a bunch of players. Are you kidding me? They're getting they're getting these big extensions and oh, stuff like okay. that." Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So he he kind of called a bunch of them out. So I mean, now he's starting to starting to get a little beef on a little heat on him, which, like we say, we're here for all of it. Oh yeah, but yeah, Anthony Davis is. I mean, you just got to. I mean, a long season. Him and LeBron's got so many miles on their legs. You've got to keep them healthy. Because if you lose one of them, it, they're done. What about load management? I was talking to my son, Johnny Patrick, this morning. Yeah. He's not a big fan of load management. I had to say, hey, Johnny, pump the brakes on that. The Spurs did it quite a bit with Tim Duncan and won some titles with it. So, uh, for example, Anthony Davis is listed as probable for the Lakers game tonight against the Pistons. How do you go about doing that if you're the the, the Lakers? You you sit Anthony Davis out for tonight's game. You think, Gary? Um, I'm not, I don't have a problem with load management because the season. So I mean, if sure. you get to the finals, you're trying you, to win the the finals. Yeah, That's if you the get goal. to the finals, you're up into a hundred and something games played. Uh huh. But the NBA started to crack down on load management. Okay. Because you go to these cities that are here to see you play, and now you're sitting these guys out, and it's gonna it's gonna cause attendance to drop because. They don't know if you're playing or not. So the NBA is starting to cut down on these guys. So now you have to pretty much come up with injuries. Like uh uh guy for the uh Kyle Leonard, they were sitting him out because of load management. And they said, no, you can't sit him out for that. And they turned around and said, oh, his, his, he's got a sore knee. Yeah, Popovich so, is the master of that. Yeah. you got to have an – because you got to have an injury yes. is what they say. So you just come up with one. No one can prove that your knee's not hurt. Absolutely. So – LeBron, like you say, is the best player of our our generation. Yeah, there's no denying that. No. And you got him and Anthony Davis now. He's always wanted to play with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I look for him to make Because he's a, a smart man. Yeah. I look for him <laughs> to make a I look for him to make a trade. To pick someone else pick up. Pick somebody else up. Okay. Um Brandon, what posts in the weekend sports buzz have gotten the most buzz on the Facebook group as of late? One of them that I posted was a highlight reel of Anthony Davis's big game. And I said, historically, who do we compare him to? People said Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. Obviously, Davis can, you know, maybe throw in a mixture of a, a little bit of a splash of uh, maybe Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, he 
Anthony Davis's skill set for a power forward is pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, he's Who would you compare him to historically, Gary? I don't know if I'd compare him to Kevin Garnett. Well, I mean, Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan, and then I guess Carl Malone also, are probably the three best power forwards ever. Yeah. I guess maybe Mo- Moses Malone, too. Um, but it, how do you go about comparis- comparing someone like Anthony Davis to anyone historically? Yeah. Only because there's not enough sample size there, I don't think. I mean, he's played – this is his seventh year in the league. I mean, I wouldn't – I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Carl Malone didn't shoot anything outside – 15, 17 feet. Sure. And Davis could It was I, a different era. Yeah, the mid-range was. jumper was more in vogue then. The guards, yeah, it was a guards game. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Alex Hacker responded and said Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan. Terry Coulter, both Hacker and Terry are alums of the weekend sports buzz. Mm-hmm. They've been in here many times. So, once again, Alex Hacker said Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan. I like Tim Duncan, though. You like the comparison? Yeah. 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 Uh, Terry Coulter said... Anthony Davis has more athleticism in his hands than they both had in their primes combined. He said he didn't like the comparisons. Well, Tim Duncan wasn't very athletic. Yeah, but compared to Anthony Davis, he yeah, was. Yeah, but offensively, man, he had he had a, he had a great skill set. We have Les Abbott said modern-day KG. And then Tyler Bloyd came through and commented, as Dick Vitale says, Anthony Davis is not even the best of the last decade. <laughs> he got he got a bit of backlash on that one. <laughs> he was being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, they they posted um, Dick's top five here. Yep, Zion Williamson, <clears throat> Anthony Davis, Buddy Heald, Kimba Walker, and Trey Burke. I don't think that Dick Vitale sat down and put much thought into it before he said that. No, no, that was probably just off the top of his head. Yeah, Zion you know. probably does deserve maybe to be mentioned in that conversation. Um, but there's no way you can rank him above Anthony Davis for anything. Mm-mm. For anything. Mm-mm. Buddy Hill, great college basketball player. Kemba Walker, Trey Burke, great college basketball players. All had a lot of success at the college level. Yep. Uh, I guess Zion didn't really. No. Yeah, Zion didn't. But but he was a marketing splash. Yeah. I mean, he as, he did a lot for college basketball last year. I mean, all eyes were on college basketball. But to say he's above what Anthony Davis accomplished in college is you're Insane. not even thinking. Yeah. So Les Abbott and Tyler Bloyd really went back and forth on that, which is good. I love it. Mm-hmm. Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group and the, the the back and forth. That's what it's all about. What other posts in there have gotten a lot of buzz lately, Brandon? Uh, there was quite a few, actually, to my surprise. I mean, I, I didn't think that it was going to get that much attention, but I was going through and, and looking at some of these that have, you know, several comments on each one. Chase Young <laughs> of the Ohio State Buckeyes declared he's he's going pro. Yep. And a lot that, of people are saying he's a potential top five pick. Um, Dalton Smith came through and said he didn't think he was uh, as as valuable as many of the scouts say he is. Tyler Alvey came to his defense and said, yeah, maybe he didn't put up the numbers in, in the big games when, when um, let's see here, against Clemson. Clemson probably schemed specifically to shut him they down. They double-teamed him the whole game. They double-teamed him the whole yeah. game. So then your value is taken into – it's difficult to quantify uh, the, the the value of, of someone like a pass rusher because you have – all right, you have Dwight Freeney for the Colts in his prime, okay? Mm-hmm. 
you devote two or three offensive linemen to specifically shutting that pass rusher down, and then Robert Mathis on the other side is getting a bunch of sacks. Mm-hmm. Is Robert Mathis that great? Or was the pressure taken off of him because they have three offensive linemen focusing on the other side? So then who who really deserves the credit? Mathis gets the sacks, but right. maybe Freeney deserves some of the credit. That's just a historical example that I use. But uh, Chase Davis, a very talented pass rusher, uh, but controversial. Yeah. I mean, they've got him with the number two pick in the draft right now. I think he's a very good player. He did tell off a little bit at the end, but like you say, teams were scheming against that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I like him as a player, but like you say, he's controversial. I think he was suspended a couple of games, wasn't he? Yeah, he had, so, he had some issues. Yeah, so I, no, I think he'll be fine. Um, what I don't understand is Josh Allen for the Jacksonville Jaguars, rookie, Eight and a half sacks uh, tied the, I think, the team record in sacks, and they didn't have him uh, top five of rookie of the year. Oh, okay. Which don't make sense to me. Uh, a lot of the guys they have on it they had nowhere near the stats he had. I think it just maybe played on a bad team uh-huh. or whatever. But Easy to be overlooked Yeah, I thought when, that you, when you're not nonsense. playing on a good team. Yep. And they had uh, Bosa on there. And he had better stats in almost every category than Bosa. Okay. But, it was just, you know, it's fine. You know, we never did talk about the uh, bowl games. We haven't been on since the bowl games. Okay, good call. What are your thoughts on the bowl games, Gary? Um, Louisville got Mississippi State's coach fired. Yep, okay. <laughs> so, which he from, – from when Dan Mullen left him to where they're at now, he's wrecked that program in two years. So, he deserved to be gone. Um Louisville had a great, great game plan. They couldn't stop Louisville on anything they tried to do. Um, Mississippi State was without their star running back, which I don't think made much of a difference. Um, but, no, they look they look good. It, I tell you what, that, that little wide receiver, Tutu Atwell, Louisville's got, is a beast. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's fast. I mean, he runs good routes. So, Louisville's going to be good here in a couple of years. I mean, Satterfield, maybe next two Satterfield's years. legit. Yeah, I think he's a good coach. Yeah. He's got to he's got to clean up his recruiting a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, granted, it's his second recruiting class. Technically, his first. They're in the 30s, I think. Yeah, 37, I think. Yeah, number six in ACC. But you know, you can win off that. You can win off that, especially um, if you're doing a, a, you know, scheming well and doing yeah. a good job of coaching. Yeah. Um, I don't realistically know where Louisville falls in the hierarchy of of recruiting. Right. If they get into the 20s, that'd be great. Yeah. I think Kentucky moved up. I think they're 23 now. Okay. Um, which puts them at what in the SEC? Ninth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Recruiting, you can poke holes in SEC sometimes for yeah. having a down year, this and that, but the recruiting's always there. Yes, absolutely. Um, Kentucky's bowl game, I mean, Lynn Bowden, I mean, what can you say about Lynn Bowden? 233 yards rushing. Nobody th- thought he'd throw the game-winning touchdown. They thought they'd run it. And he checked out of the play call. Okay. Everything was spo- Everybody was supposed to run go routes. And he caught, He walked up He walked up to uh, uh, Ali and was like, run a post. Because he seemed that they was playing too tight on him. So, um, people are getting on him about what he did before the game. Like, I heard a guy, you know, a, a local big-time radio announcer I don't want to put his name out there, but he's talking about I don't ever want to see him out 
another player out there with no no shirt, no go chains on. Why? Mm-hmm. It's it's two or three hours before the game. Uh-huh. Why do you care what he's wearing, what he's not wearing? Yeah, that is that, that, that doesn't seem to have anything to do. Now, if he was out committing a crime or doing something really bad, yeah. that'd be different. Yeah, but. and you know he his car got broke into six hours before the game. They took everything out of his car. Um, granted, he shouldn't hit that guy. But what do you? I mean, they're saying that well, the belt bow should have set him out. You think the belt bow is going to risk their audience to set a guy out of the bow? Kentucky's mm-hmm. best player. And the officials couldn't throw him out because it was before the, the officials take over the game an hour before kickoff. This happened two hours before kickoff. Ha. <laughs> so the officials had nothing to do with it. The okay. only person that could have set him out was his coach. And Stoops is all about second chances or whatever. Trying to win. Yeah, I mean. but they're, <laughs> That's now they're, what I would be all about if I were the head coach. And they're questioning Stoops' discipline. They he've set more guys out this year. Cash Daniel when he twisted uh, Kyle Tash Trash's ankle for Florida, set him out. Uh, I think a half or a quarter, the next game, and on uh, blindside hits, he don't even call the SEC. If it's not called, he'll set a guy out a whole quarter. Okay. So people question his discipline. Don't even know what what he stands for. Another post in the Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group that got a lot of buzz mm-hmm. was by Blake O'Neill. He said, can anyone make an argument for other franchises when we're evaluating the last decade, okay, when it comes to team sports and who had the most dominant decade, okay? The nominees in the post were the Patriots, who had 10 division titles, three Super Bowls, the Warriors... San Francisco Giants. Uh, there's some other teams here, but uh, uh, UConn women's basketball and Alabama football. I immediately said UConn women deserve it. Okay? Mm-hmm. They had won five national titles in the last decade. <laughs> Difficult to top that. Uh, ten Final Fours. Made the Final Four every year. Okay? Blake O'Neill came back with What about Penn State wrestling? They had eight national titles. Okay. In in 10 years. In 10 years. Eight national titles. So I said, I stand corrected. (laughs) Difficult to top that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, Penn State won eight national titles in the decade. I said, in my opinion, Penn State wrestling deserves it. UConn women number two. Who else had the best decade? Whether it be pro or, or, or collegiate. You know, the Atlanta Braves were dominant for a while. Back in the 90s? Back in the 90s. They were, yeah. They won one more, only one World yeah. Series, though. Yeah, they dominated the – they were dominating baseball. Um, they did. Did they just, mention the U.S. women's soccer team on there? Um, they did, yeah, you're okay. right. Yeah. Two World Cup titles. Yeah, 13-0, I think. 13-0, right? World Cup record, you're right. Yep. What about – And they only – two? okay, that deserves to be mentioned, okay? Yeah. Because it, as you and as we all know um, – what about, you don't get that many chances. They were undefeated. Yeah. I'm going to go off, not really off top, but off. What about Kentucky women's cheerleaders? Okay. Cheerleading's difficult em? because, what's that, Brandon? I said, what about them? Cheerleading's difficult because Louisville, you, you, if you try to follow cheerleading, you're mm-hmm. like, they're the national champs. And I'm like, oh, cool, national champs. And then I hear so-and-so's a national champ, too. Yeah, they and got, I'm like, 
Oh, okay, what about that? They're national champ. How many damn national champs are there? Yeah, I think Kentucky. I think Kentucky's won twenty four out of the last twenty six national championships. For what? For the NCAA, the top of the very top. They've got two divisions. They've got the very top cheerleaders in America, and then they've got a second level, which Louisville wins. Louisville but, second level. Yes. Okay. They've got, they've got two different conferences, or whatever. But I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't getting off. The awards as far as like Penn State and stuff like that. I'm talking about as dominant of overall anything. Okay. But, I mean, everybody says cheerleading is not a sport, but it's still you still got to be very athletic. Sure. Yeah, it's a sport. I mean, my, my daughter's on the cheerleading team. Granted, she's only 11, but, I mean, it takes athletic prowess, and she has to practice, and so she's, you know, you may not look at it like the same as football or basketball or baseball as being a sport, but it definitely takes talent that I don't have. Sure. Right. I don't but, know if you uh, guys can do a toe touch, but. Oh, yeah. I, if I wanted to, I'd be dominant in, in yeah, cheerleading. In women's. I just, yeah, in women's, women's cheerleading. I just don't want to. Yeah. But Penn State went in eight. I didn't know they won it. I knew Iowa and Minnesota historically were very good wrestling programs. Yeah. Penn State is dominant yeah. in wrestling. Because yeah. I think Brock Lesnar used to. I think he wrestled out of Minnesota when he went to college. He won a national championship I think you're also. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Brock Lesnar, who obviously is a. WWE champion. Yeah. Getting ready to face Tyson Fury. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we (laughs) that's what we know him for. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Also the UFC heavy former UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah, but whatever. What uh uh, who are we going with today on the games? Good question. I like to see Seattle I am you know, Philadelphia Eagles being a being a division foe of the Cowboys. I've 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 heard enough of Stephen A. Smith this week running his mouth. Okay. Okay, before we make our picks, I will say this, and I forget the exact stat. I should have it in front of me. But today is the most – is the time in the, the history of the NFL and the history of American football where more African-American quarterbacks are at the very top of the rankings for the quarterback uh, efficiency and production than ever before. Mm-hmm. So – you prompted me there with this, the uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, but Deshaun Watson, uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. I mean, it goes on and on. Um, but now, more so than ever, I, it's absolutely silly that we even have to address this on the air. But for a long time, some people would say, oh, quarterback's a white guy position. Right. <laughs> Isn't it silly that we even have to acknowledge yeah. I don't have to acknowledge it, but there was something to that. Yeah. That doesn't appear to actually be the case. No, and, and, African Americans are just as capable, and hell, I don't know, maybe even more than white people to be uh, elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you've got some great future African American. I mean, past African American quarterbacks. You had Randall Cobb, Warren Moon, uh, Randall Cunningham, not Cobb. I mean, yeah, Randall yeah, Cunningham. Yeah. Randall Cobb could have been. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, Randall Cunningham was a great quarterback. Warren okay. Moon. I mean, the years he played. So real quick, we got ten seconds. Right. I'm going to take the the Saints to win, and I'm going to take the Seahawks to win today. I, I agree. Okay. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. We're brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, seventy nine zero eight Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky four zero two two eight. Be sure to join us next Sunday. We'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.